Welcome to Prioritising Yourself, the podcast. I'm your host, Jen Parker. This podcast is to educate, inspire and inform women about the importance of prioritising your self-care to improve your body, mind and soul. Each week we will talk all things that affect and influence big-hearted women in life and also all the polarising topics that affect women. This podcast is proudly sponsored by my one-on-one three-month coaching program that moves women from feeling overwhelmed and compromising their values to become the master communicators of their internal and external environments. Welcome to another episode of Prioritising Yourself. I'd like to introduce today's guest on the podcast, Adrienne Hornby, health and wellbeing consultant. Adrian is a health and wellbeing consultant that helps workplaces and schools to begin focusing more on people and their health and well-being before they continue to pile on more and more strategy and directives. In this episode, we talk about the importance of nutrition and well-being, especially in environments of high stress. Her journey from school executive and becoming a health and well-being consultant looking after the emotional, the physical and the mental health through a holistic lens. And Adrian also helps busy women to achieve their health and health and wellness through her. Welcome to another episode of Prioritising Yourself. I'm Jen, your host, and I would like to introduce today's uh, guest, Adrian Hornby from Adrian Hornby Health and Wellbeing Consultant. Um, welcome Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for coming on today's um, podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It brings me great pleasure to feature on here. You've been doing amazing things. So thank you for thinking of me. Yes. Now, before we um, talk deep and uh, we learn more about your business and your journey, how did you prioritise yourself today? Oh, well, foundationally, every single day, I prioritise myself by eating well. So being a health and wellbeing coach um, with a really special interest in nutrition and how that affects us, um, I ate the most amazing breakfast and have nourished myself uh, for the day and all the meals that I've prepared. So that's definitely how I prioritise myself first and foremost as well as having this morning to myself. So I like to get up before everybody else in the house and do my own thing, feel uh, feel like I'm organised and ready to get my day going. So plenty of time to myself already, which is great. Mm. That's really, I love how you were talking about, one, eating well, and that's such a key thing, especially if you're a health and wellbeing coach, but also about waking up before everyone else in the household. Because sometimes we can use the excuse of, oh, I'm not a morning person or I've got kids or whatever. And sometimes it's just starting a couple of minutes before anyone else in the family home just to feel grounded and know what you're actually wanting to draw in. So I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Now, (laughs) could you, um, excuse me, so what does self-care mean to you? Well, listen, self-care, in my opinion, has really changed over the years. So I've gone through phases where uh, self-care 
med sort of meditation and yoga and all of those sort of calming and grounding activities. And it definitely has had its place in my life um, embodying those kind of practices. But self-care to me now is really um, like the beautiful title of this podcast is really around prioritizing myself, my vision, my dreams and pursuing uh, my interests. So um, being a mum and also somebody who runs a business and works in a really uh, busy day job, I guess, um, self-care to me is about taking that time to learn, explore things, um, really put my needs and desires at the forefront so that I feel really fulfilled and happy. So um, as I said, yeah, once upon a time, it was about slowing down and that definitely is part of it now, but really it's about um, not putting my needs aside, I think, mm. and um, following my passions. Yes, I love that. And I think a lot of people have this notion that self-care is something that you do behind closed doors, that it's only the bubble bath or it's only, you know, the stretching or the yoga and things like that. But how I like to talk about what true self-care is it's practice every moment you're living, when you're sleeping, when you're dealing with conflict and you've got those skills to deal with those situations so that it doesn't, in those stressful situations, it's not going into your body and you're not then it becoming part of who you are as a person. You're able to detach from that circumstance and look at it from a whole different, you know, lens. So thank you. I love that. Thank you so much. Yeah, now I'm interested to know, um, Adrian, a bit more about your business and how you actually. What does your business actually provide for people? Yeah, listen. My business has evolved over the last few years. So when I got into this, I uh, did my studies to become a health coach. Uh, so what a health coach is defined as is really somebody who partners alongside an individual to help them achieve their goals uh, and sort of reach this end point in terms of um, generally a health condition or um, and that could be physical health, mental health, emotional health, but often it's more physical health. So I kind of titled myself very early on a health and wellbeing coach because I really think that they're so intertwined. Um, and so Privately, I'm working with individuals and it's generally those busy professionals, mums, women who um, really struggle to prioritise themselves to help them get on top of those foundational elements. So that's their physical health through their nutrition um, and all of those really uh, high leverage lifestyle practices like exercise and sleep. Um, so that's what I do as a health and wellbeing coach. But in the last year or so, it's evolved into supporting uh, school staff. So being a school leader myself and a school executive, I know too well the pressures that um, our extremely stressful jobs can put on our health and well-being mm. and was kind of watching staff around me dropping like flies and I was one of them. So uh, in throughout this process of becoming a health and wellbeing coach and pairing it with my understanding of leading and inspiring people, I've sort of merged it together now to become a health and wellbeing consultant for schools. And I really work with the executive team in how to support their health and wellbeing and be role models for their staff. And then the greater staff to be able to um, 
yeah, build those pillars of good health and well-being so that they can go on to see outcomes in the classroom and uh, and influence the next generation of kids coming up. So that's me in a nutshell. Yeah, well, that that is such an important service and vision and what you're actually providing to um, schools and to the education system because um, when you're dealing with often very challenging circumstances such as being a teacher, I was a social worker, you're expected to do almost the unexpected with at times limited resources. And if you're a big hearted person, if you don't reach those things, you feel like it's actually, um, it's something on you that you have failed. So then that affects your well-being. And then it's sort of, then you go, do I want to continue in this industry? Or, you know, how do I stay in this industry with that support? So I think what you're offering is so vital. More agencies and more businesses need to actually provide this type of support for their um, employees. I mean, let's talk about like when we were talking about self-care, like I worked as a social worker in government for 10 years. And while, you know, there were lots of um, pamphlets and, you know, you know, they spoke about, you know, what you needed to do for self-care, self-care is about how the organisation is showing up. And I remember reading an article and it was basically um, more reference to nurses and basically how a manager walks into the office will determine the productivity of their employees by a staggering 80%. And then that actually increased with coaching. And it's really about the effect that we all play in the workplace of walking into our office and how much that actually affects other people. So if we're in a state where we're feeling overwhelmed and exhausted and we don't really have those systems in place, then, you know, it's going to affect our mental health and, you know, we may have a higher rate of absenteeism if we're not getting that. So what you're doing just sounds so needed. So I hope other people who are listening to this are inspired and, um go actually we need to get on board with this else we're going to lose half our um you know half our employees they're going to leave the industry so I think that is such a great service I can really relate because it was was me I was feeling very overwhelmed and I was feeling very stressed Um, yeah and sort of what you're saying there in the industries that we work in and it's many organizations really is this whole idea that we need to we're putting others first before ourselves far too often. And mm-hmm. lots of my work is really about helping professionals and teachers and leaders to um, to be able to set boundaries between uh, how much they give, what they role model, and then, um, and then in turn what they sort of take from their profession. And, um, yes, what you sort of said there about, how we show up to work is so important because the leadership in particular of any organization are the ones who are role modeling and they're setting the scene for the culture in the workplace and so they are the glue that holds it all together and if they are falling apart 
then it's going to be a ripple effect across the rest of the organization. So it's particularly important for those of us um, who are managing and leading others to be on top of our health and wellbeing, because then we're also equipped to be able to support others without, again, giving way too much of ourselves and then it all coming undone as well. So it's a fine line and balance that we need to master. And like you said, that requires coaching. And you would know that all too well. That's probably why you've gotten into what you're doing, because you could really begin to see uh, the results and the needle moving with a bit of prompting and questioning and realisation from those we work with. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And I, and when you're, it's such a great, actually targeting the leadership roles, because when you're looking up and they're modelling, um, you know, this is how you actually look after ourselves. Actually, we're going to exhibit boundaries. I'm not going to answer my phone after these times. Um, I don't expect you to do this amount, like sort of understanding those expectations, but having a leader who's really modelling that and then inspiring their whole workforce to actually, I'm really inspired to continue doing this type of work and I'm actually going to do things behind the scenes like eating well, like going for a walk, really engaging what why I'm doing those types of activities or, you know, um, you know, do you find that when people are coming to you, do they have, in terms of dealing with stress, do a lot of people that you um, initially see maybe emotionally eat because they are so, they're, they're so overwhelmed and exhausted, it gives them a sense of comfort? Yeah, absolutely. That's what I see all the time. And the problem is, I mean, if we're talking about nutrition, um, it really is that foundation for us feeling well and in control. So I have lots of clients who come to me and no matter what we unpack around their mindset and stress management, it's really actually quite hard for them to be able to nail that without good nutrition because our nutrition fuels our brain chemistry. It, it sort of governs all of the hormones in our body. And if our body is in a physical state of fight or flight based on the food that we're eating or not eating, um, it's very hard for us to then calm our nervous system down to actually tap into any kind of rational state and manage stress. So that's really sort of the angle that I come from. So like I was saying, I understand the leadership side of things and the stresses that teachers face, having been a teacher myself before I got into leadership. But taking this health angle is really important. Um, because our mental health, of course, if we have low things like, just an example, things like low iron, low B12, um, dysregulated blood sugar really affects our brains. And that, of course, then affects our overall well-being. So um, that's why my approach really is holistic. So it's nutrition, it's lifestyle, it's mindset. It's this kind of complete approach. And then I weave in all of those aspects of leadership management as well, having experience in that too. So it's it's quite multifaceted, but even just slight progress in some of those areas yields really powerful results. So um, it might seem like kind of this big mounting task, but my belief is that any small changes um, can have a really strong knock-on domino effect into other areas. So rather than aiming for perfection, we just look at progress. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I like that because 
often we can get so focused on the results and not seeing the physical results that we become almost um, uninspired to keep going. But when we're trying to change possibly years of our bodies being under stress and our bodies producing so much cortisol, it takes time for it to repair. I mean, for myself personally, I see a naturopath and where I'm still working out all of these things from the years of stress that my body experienced because I wasn't looking after myself and that, you know, the stress that I was actually experiencing from the external world around me so I think it's sort of understanding that it does take time to um, recalibrate as well it takes a bit of time totally I mean I and the same know all too well like my body was so stressed my body and mind was so stressed out that all my hormone function shut down so that's of course how I got into health coaching because um, the impact of stress literally almost ended me um so uh it's and it does take time and and we do live in a bit of a quick fix age where we sort of again um expect to be healed overnight or feel better overnight and that's just not a reality unfortunately Mm. yeah well this might be a good segue actually to talk about what made you so inspired to actually start your own health and wellbeing business and actually creating and supporting other teachers and busy people? Yeah, well, my journey into all of this started probably about five years ago. So I um, had just gotten married and it was really meant to be kind of the happiest time of my life. And while it was because I'd met this amazing guy, I felt anything but truly happy. So I was probably the most depressed and anxious that I'd ever been. I was so skinny. My hair was falling out. Um, You know, I'd made it in the professional world. I'd climbed to a role as an executive in a school in only a few short years. And it usually sort of takes people double that time. And so it looked like I was killing it, but I felt anything but successful. And I actually, similar to you, went to a natural healer. I went to a homeopath because just after my wedding, I'd broken out in this nasty red rash all over my whole body. And as I said, hair was falling out. But I'd also noticed I wanted to try for a baby and realised I'd totally lost a menstrual cycle. So went to the homeopath and she was the first practitioner to ever ask me about my life. And when I told her my story, literally from the minute I was conceived, that's how far back she wanted to go until then, um, it took 40 minutes. <laughs> like She sat back in her chair and just looked at me and said, Adrian, your body isn't able to conceive a child because it just perceives way too much threat. There has been far too much stress in your life and it is literally in fight or flight. And you know, my story had so many mixed elements, you know, a lifetime built on trauma and abuse. Uh, I went on to lose my mum at 21. I had my father then um, go on to build a relationship with me, but abandoned me again at 28. And, um, and then this, I had a gut dysbiosis, lots of health issues. And so it made sense, but it was also shocking because my life had been my life. And all of a sudden my life was now had now resulted in the fact that I wasn't going to be able to start a family naturally so 
from here instilled this journey in me to unpack that so to heal my body, to heal my spirit and um, really get on top of those stress levels. And I sort of started to explore a number of books and podcasts and personal development. And really quickly, I started to feel better. Like, that's what I was saying with these small changes, I started to feel better. And that was great because I embarked on my IVF journey. And I did 13 rounds of ovulation induction and IVF, not falling pregnant each and every time. But what was amazing was that with every failed round, I was getting happier. And I thought, that's not the norm. Usually people kind of get more and more miserable. And I realized um, that it was all this work I was doing on myself that was building resilience. So life was still hard, but I was seeing it differently. And people wanted more of what I was on. And so I said to my husband, like, people need to know that there's another way. So I embarked on my studies to become a health and wellness coach. And, you know, within a couple of weeks of launching, my books were full um, of people who knew me and could see the change. And um, I started contributing and helping others. And coincidentally, the month where I felt the healthiest, happiest and in control was when I fell pregnant with Reuben. And um, I realised that the timing was right. So I went on to have this really healthy pregnancy, um, a really amazing birth and ultra healthy baby. But it was more my abilities then as a mother that I knew it was meant to take that long because I still had work to do. But I was also so on top of my mental health that when he came along, I, I almost didn't have that those really deeply layered um, challenges that could have impacted my ability to parent him. So, um, yeah, that's how I ended up where in, in the health and wellbeing consulting at coaching. And then it sort of transitioned, as I mentioned before, into schoolwork because that's my zone of genius and that's the clientele that I mostly am exposed to. Uh, but it's, you know, it's all been so worth it. Mm, wow. It, it, it's it's so interesting when people have reached sort of their purpose, they've got to go through these really difficult and challenging times. It's almost like stripping back all of the stuff that was no longer serving us of conditioning or just how we thought we had to do things, the stress, etc., and then looking at, embodying who you really were it's always in there it's just taking basically the other stuff so we can actually start living in alignment and we can start being of service and you know that is so beautiful how you were able to change how not just you felt in your body but how you felt in yourself and how your mental health improved and now you're inspiring and supporting other people, other women, and, you know, obviously people who are in the education um, system from a leadership role. So I love how you're sort of providing so much value and support back into the community of what you went through. Because sometimes people, when we're going through a really difficult time, health, you know, it might be we're uninspired with a job or we're just feeling a little bit you know, a little bit flat, 
we feel like that's it. We, we don't realise there's another way of thinking. And then when we start looking at the world differently and start, it's almost like when I started seeing things differently, it was almost like I could see the world again. <clears throat> I mean, I always yeah. felt like I could see the world, but without judgment and just with coming more from a kind and compassionate heart. And that for me, looking at the lens through that kindness allowed me to see, you know, open up. And I think people think um, with healing and, you know, looking at, you know, diet and all of these things, it's sort of, it's a journey. It's not something that it's like a tick and flick. Like, you know, I'm still working on my well-being I'm still prioritizing different parts and what's important for me now and it changes so I just want people to be assured that um, it's a continual process and just to be yeah. kind and loving to yourself because and if you're finding it difficult that's where you know hiring someone can be super helpful as well to support you so if people are um what would you give someone who is feeling maybe they know that they're in a job that is really uninspiring and is actually their health is actually being affected? What would be one piece of advice that you would give someone just to start creating some positive change in their well-being? Listen, um, with a lot of the clients who come to me, I have a nutritionist partnered program. And so that's where I get an amazing nutritionist who works with me to run full pathology and have a look at what's going on um, physiologically. Because as I was saying before, if you can kind of uh, get on top of just that feeling in your body that's not right, so either low, tired, anxious, depressed, whatever it is, um, if we can get on top of that by kind of addressing any uh, nutrient deficiencies or um, sort of red flags, it almost gives you a little post. And as you've probably um, worked out before, Jen, it's like once people have something to work towards and they begin seeing little bits of progress, you build momentum. So that's generally how I start with clients is we start with a bit of nutrition and then from there, uh, we can start kind of tapping into those lifestyle things. So basics like getting enough sleep, just moving our body um, in a very natural way daily or most days uh, really takes the edge off. And then from there, it's about bringing an awareness to yourself. And as you were talking before, I really wanted to, to ask you about this and probably people who are listening, um, we'll start to pick up on this is when we start to take a look at ourselves and how we view the world and why that is and build some self-awareness it can be quite confronting mm. um it can be a little bit messy but it's really beautiful and so many of my clients are like what I never realized this and it was the same when I was kind of forced to shine a light on my life um god it's hard but it's so worth it because you just release so much pent-up stress like you and I were talking about that really holds on to this negative energy and just that undercurrent of feeling blah so we get it out it can be quite overwhelming for some or it can be a relief for some and that's really how we get the ball rolling so sort of helping yourself physically and then just becoming aware so 
I say all the time, awareness is the first key to any change. Mm. Um, so those are the two places that I would start. And journaling can be really good, or I just say noting things down in a Word document, things that you remember about your life, like a timeline, um, is really helpful. It's like free therapy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I agree about when we're changing, it does feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And I think sometimes people can look at people on social media and go, oh my gosh, they've got their, they've got it all sorted. And just be assured that everyone has good days and everyone has bad days. The difference is that someone who has more of a growth mindset or a positive mindset is they still have all that stuff coming to them, but they won't latch on to it. They'll let go of um, a lot more. So things like circumstances that we have no influence over, we learn, and this is something I teach my clients about, is we learn to how we react and respond, how that then flows into our thoughts, how that flows into the behaviour and the results that we're actually going. And then when we go, well, that's on them. I can't change how someone else thinks about me. And sometimes in the beginning, you really want to, and then you realise, I actually don't care what that person thinks. Yeah. It's you so know, maybe it's a good thing that person thinks, you know, whatever. So I think that's really good, giving people some practical tips about sleeping and movement and um, moving in a way that feels intuitively right. I think that's, yeah, really beautiful. So thank you so much for that. Yeah. And what you're um, touching on, just as you were talking then, is that stress tolerance or that stress resilience, right? Like people in mm -hmm. social work and in teaching, it's in, it's going to be stressful. It's a really stressful, challenging job if you make it that way. So mm -hmm. if you accept that challenge is going to be there, but you're optimistic and you know that good things will come from that, you have time off if you've created that, then you become more resilient to the stresses that you face yeah yeah ab absolutely you've said it so beautifully I agree um so Adrian um how do you juggle being a mum but also being a businesswoman so you know sometimes we we get so we love our jobs when we're in, in business we can get really passionate but how do you make sure that it doesn't you don't burn out how do you make sure you put things in place so that you've got those um time being a, a mum but also time with your business yeah such a good question because I'm not going to preach here that I'm perfect with this because this is probably my area of ongoing work but how I guess I manage it is I'm not going to say balance it because I still think that that's a work in progress but how I manage and improve and upgrade each and every day, week, month, is um, really about setting that intention. So from the second Reuben was born, I had a, a set vision and intention that I wanted to be a present parent and I also wanted to be successful. So what that intention did was create some mindfulness around it. So I am not the kind of woman who... Um, we'll get swayed away and start working so much and not the impact that that's having on my family. I notice it straight away. So there's that awareness. 
Um, and I'm constantly then brought back to what it is that I want for my family. So I do get really caught up in work and will find myself tipping the scale and doing way too much or sitting with Reuben but being distracted by my phone. But I notice. And so the next week when I set my goals, I always come back to I want to be more present with Reuben this week. I want to stop working at this certain time. So um, it's just about constantly setting goals and reminding myself. And so for me, I now have scheduled days where I'm with Reuben or my family where I'm not to work. So setting those boundaries, like we talked about before, is super important. Um, uh, and then I also have those scheduled times to work on my business. So I've got certain days, certain times, like I said before, some mornings is before anyone wakes up when my brain is the most primed, I'll work on my business. Um, and then that way when Ruben is up, I'm ultra present with him, but I'm not perfect. <laughs> it's still a work in progress, but it's definitely getting better. Yeah. I don't, no one's perfect. <laughs> and I think people, you know, think they've got to do this, um, you know, perfect way, but I think it's about being imperfectly perfect, owning that. But I love how you were talking about being, having an awareness, um, you know, and having that intention, that's such a beautiful way of, you know, what is my intention this week? How am I going to show up? And, you know, being successful and being a good mum, you know, because sometimes we feel like we've got to compromise. Well, if I'm earning more money, I've got to compromise, but it's sort of looking at how you're actually viewing it and the language you're actually putting out there. So, yeah, very powerful. So thank you so much. So, um, Adrian, if people are in a position where they're wanting to work with you, could you tell the listeners how they could get in touch with you? Yeah, well, you can find me on all the social media. So I'm Adrienne Hornby underscore coach on Instagram and then just Adrienne Hornby consultant on Facebook. You can also find me on my website, which is adriannehornby.com.au or my contact details if you need to reach out to me via email and look at my program options are also there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And Thank you again for um, coming on to today's episode of Prioritising Yourself and sharing with the listeners about well-being and, you know, those things that we can do each day to really support our emotional and mental and physical health, which is so important, and about, you know, you know juggling being a business owner and also a mum. I think it's just sort of normalising that experience that many of us um are in that situation so thank you so much so 